Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, Yas here and I just wanted to say it's great to have you join me today because I'm sure we're going to have another fantastic episode. So whether you're here for the first time or if you're one of the repeat loyal listeners of the show, I truly appreciate you. But before we get to today's guest, I just have a small favour to ask and that's if you could just take a brief moment to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Ensure that you share it with all your coaching friends and don't forget to get in touch guys. Let me know your thoughts on what you think of today's episode or any of the recent episodes you've listened to. You can do this on Twitter at the Coaches Net. Once again, that's at the Coaches Net. And please make sure you do, as I'd love to hear your thoughts, guys. Anyway, on to today's show. I hope you enjoy it. Have a great day, guys. The Coaches Network. Hey, guys, you're now listening to the Coaches Network podcast, a podcast aimed at anyone who's passionate about athlete, talent, and personal development. My name's Coach Yas, and I'm a UEFA A licensed football coach, coach developer, and content creator. I'll be sitting down with a range of guests to discuss their journeys, their life lessons, and how you can make an impact. Enjoy. Right, guys, welcome back to the Coaches Network. My name's Coach Yas, and I've got a very special guest with me today. My guest today has been on the show a couple of times. I think, Mark, you might be the first one to be on it three times, actually. Um, Hi. Um, so, you know, there's a first for everything. Um, but Mark, just, you know, before we do dive in, maybe just for those that haven't caught the previous episodes with you on it, um, just a brief rundown of who you are and what you do. Well, thanks for inviting me on again. Uh, sometimes it's always you hear something else and it resonates and you, you reach out, which is fantastic. I've 32 years, um, been, the passion is to identify the influences around separate to the technical, tactical and the physical in sport, in business, mostly in sport, um, which I call the software, that how can we influence athletes at any level, any ability, any sport, how can we get them to be able to self-manage, unsupervised, under any type of pressure, make effective decisions live, separate, independently, interdependently, and evaluate live, and how coaches inform an honest relationship so they get effective dialogue, effective reflections, and giving the coaches a bit more confidence and competence of when to step in, when to not, um, based on making yourself redundant. So, a lot of years, over 30 sports now, um, all the way up to Paralympic champions, world international elite professionals, all the way through to grassroots in corporate, also in all the way down to primary schools in inner cities. There's a lot of experience there, a lot of different avenues that you kind of, you know, can go into in terms of your experiences. And I'm, and I'm so glad to have you here today because I think it's going to be a really interesting one for not just for myself, but I think for people just to kind of really listen in on. Um, obviously, you, know, you mentioned that I reached out to you again. I reached out to you off the back of a conversation that you had with Stu on the Talent Equation podcast. Um, but also, you know, just to kind of reflect and tie into some of the conversations I've recently had with a lot of coaches, players and parents. 
Um, and it really intrigued me just to kind of delve deeper into this and maybe give some insights and some considerations for coaches to think about. So I'll start with that. Leisure versus performance. You know, it was, a, it, you know, I think that's the way you put it. So let's, let's just talk a little bit about that and your understanding and your definition of what that means. Yeah, so it's it's a common subject uh, and it's a commonly asked question even in my members area with the members around the world and also with groups, interestingly, at all levels to the elite all the way down to the grassroots. So so we always clarify interpretation of meaning. Um, for me, performance and leisure is based on a behaviour, not a capability, not a competency. So when I talk about performance athletes, you could be day one in a sport, a six-year-old kid, and you could be a performance athlete. You could also be in an NBA professional team and be a performance athlete. But also you could be leisure in both. So performance basically means is you want to identify what you need, not you want, what you need to do to be the best you can be to get to a desired outcome or goal. And you do whatever is needed with enthusiasm enthusiasm and commitment, whether you're supervised or unsupervised. And I use the word need and not want because there is a defining difference. So want might be, well, I love training. I love playing matches, um, but I don't like doing the hard work of understanding defense or the sprinting back on turnover ball. Um, I don't like those practices where we're doing that. Can we just play the game? So the want and the knee is very, very important. Or I don't like going to the gym and doing what I need to do. Or I don't like doing my mobility or I don't like doing my nutrition. But if it's a need, you go, well, I need to do it aligned to who I want to become, whether it's itself or a team. So that's across any ability and age. Now, leisure in this interpretation is I'll, I'll do what I'm told to do when I'm being supervised. Um, I'll do the bare minimum on anything where I don't want to do it. And unsupervised, I'll take shortcuts. Um, and when I say um, this happens in all teams, I, I can tell you now, not mentioning teams, but at the highest level in America and in UK at professional level, I've seen leisure and performance at that level. I've also seen performance and leisure at grassroots. Now, why it's so important to understand that is because a lot of the issues within culture performance stem from whether your athletes are performance or leisure but also further down to grassroots is getting separate abilities in attitude of leisure and performance to empathize and understand. I don't want to stop that person that might have a different goal based on my behaviors in this moment, which we can get into in a performance environment actually is going, well, what do I need to do to shift the behavior and attitude of the leisure in order to align everyone to performance? So that's very connected to are we in a performance environment or am I a grassroots coach that my goal should be and I say should is engagement and enjoyment to keep people coming back keep them engaged throughout the session and enjoying it so in that instance the how we manage that would be very different to a performance team that actually we are being paid to be in a performance team yeah I mean I, I love that because there's so many different directions I can go with so I want to start with this then you know you talk about effectively having leisure athletes in performing environments and vice versa. Um, but you know, the last bit you touched on there about grassroots environments and, and maybe the, the, the role of the coach, if you like, or the outcome, yeah. the intended outcome. Um, and it got me thinking, just as you're speaking, that actually this doesn't just apply itself to the athletes themselves, it's the coaches, isn't it? 
Yes, you yeah. can have leisure and performance coaches, right? Um, in either or environment as well. Yeah. So I guess, you know, my view has always been, yeah, even if my intended target is uh, to, you know, the recreation staff participation, engagement and, and enjoyment, surely we can still get that and be performance coaches or recognise that in our environment, we might have performance individuals and we can still draw that piece for them as well. Yeah, 100%. And, it, you know, if we just get clarity on some key points, in my opinion, and it is my opinion, there's no right and wrong to this. My opinion is enjoyment and engagement is the one constant from grassroots day one as a five-year-old through to a professional NBA, Major League Baseball, Premiership football team. Coaches should be looking for those two things all the time. Remember, enjoyment isn't the same as fun. Enjoyment can be very, very tough that you enjoy it. And, and it's that's why I don't often use fun because sometimes fun we go we want to make it fun but you end up getting disengaged kids you get some but yeah. the enjoyment can connect through so it it's understanding and like you say with the coaches it's understanding actually what is what I call the lighthouse I don't know if we mentioned it on one of the podcasts but is that what is it we're working towards who is it we want to be what's it sound like look like and the whole team understands what that is from a coaching point of view and managing and mentoring a player point of view. And that would be different based on the level of team. Now, if we're aligned to that, then what we've got to do is are our behaviors aligned? So if a, if a, if a grassroots team, their process should not be getting caught up and we want to mini, win our mini league because I'm the coach and I want to beat my mate who's a coach of the other team. If that is compromising on the enjoyment and engagement of the players, and keeping them in the sport, keeping them in any sport, developing people and not players. So in that instance, we've got to understand, actually, we are going to have a mixed ability in capability. We're going to have a mixed ability in attitude and enthusiasm based on the leisure and performance. So it's really up to us to understand how can we manage that without getting frustrated? How can we set fair expectations for individuals that may have a different mindset? Yeah. But also then how can we get everybody, even a children, to understand how can I help that person be the best they can be in this moment because they have different goals? And how can I not get annoyed with that person because they're not working as hard as me, but they have different goals? So that's where the empathy bit comes in. So just just on that, you know, you've got to be thinking there, you know, really, and you touched on it very briefly there about it's managing expectations, isn't it, more than anything else. And mm. you know, even coming back to the whole engagement and enjoyment piece is a negative experience and a negative learning experience are two different things. A positive experience and a positive learning experience. You can actually get the positive learning experience through the negative experience, right? And a negative experience for me is, is very much one where in the moment you haven't enjoyed it for whatever reason, um, but you can still learn from it. And I think that's the key piece, isn't it? It's, it's are we making sure that there's more positive learning experiences over just positive experiences? Yeah. And, and if we, to make it easier for the audience, because we could really delve into that. If we change that word of experience and outcome. So what I mean by that is, and it may become really easy for the listeners, especially grassroots and that middle age group is often what can happen is, I'm not saying all the listeners will do this, but this is very common is a coach will enthusiastically design a plan. And it may be, let's look at soccer or rugby, basketball, any of those is to work on a type of defense. And it might be a lifetime defense. And they're so focused and enthusiastic that they put all this energy into designing the lesson plan and speak to the other coaches. 
So success for that coach might be caught up in. I want to make sure by the end of this session, all my players can do this because they're outcome driven. Now, by doing that, they're going to put real unfair expectations on themselves as coaches. And what they may do is compromise the enjoyment and the experience and the engagement of the players. And engagement, what I mean is the coach wants to be successful. They've got an hour, let's say. So now they're starting to shout and tell the players where to stand. Now, all of a sudden now, the engagement drops because now that the player is not thinking for themselves. So they go, oh, I'm just standing here. But also then linked into your point is we've got to get people to understand, look, if focus for my lighthouse is engagement and enjoyment, is it that important that they can do this defensive line? Or is it me that's putting expectation on them? And it's, it's actually negatively impacting the engagement and the enjoyment. The second point to that is, and it go, this is elite level. I had a conversation with one of the pro coaches only two days ago on this, is making sure that we understand, even if it was a defense element, let's stick with that. What we've got to make sure is even at elite level, you, you will hardly ever get success in one session. It may take five, six, seven, eight sessions. Now, often coaches don't connect with that, but also they don't get their players to connect with that. They go, we will rarely see an outcome success in one session. We will have learning opportunities experience in one session, but it may take four or five. And some of you will get things quicker than others, which is great. So how can you help the others help them understand me better in this moment? Yeah, and I, you know, there's two, two main things that kind of pop up as you're speaking there. And it's first and foremost that, well, if they've managed to achieve success after the first session, probably wasn't set. The bar probably wasn't set high enough, right? So the planning was probably inefficient and ineffective for the group that's in front of you. Um, it's very rare that you're going to put a session together, actually setting the bar at the right level where they're going to nail it in the first session. And as you said, they're right, quite rightly. You know, there's going to be some people that maybe progress it sooner than others, but actually they probably were already on the cusp of having it in the locker anyway, if you like. So I think you know, it's just how do we manage that and just challenge the, challenge those individuals to kind of expand on their understanding and their knowledge. And I always think about that that old saying, right? You know, um, teaching someone something allowed you to learn it twice. Because you know you have yeah. to, you you have to be really competent and confident in your in, in what you know about it. And then kind of the second piece is obviously understand that it's a trade off, right? Because you can go after the technical tactical outcomes or whatever those things might be, but actually you might lose the engagement factor. But I think thinking about it now it's almost do the players have enough of an understanding of why they're doing this well this is this is this is the the biggest element that's a, a trip up for many coaches is one is do the players see the value in it first of all and we don't tell them that we ask them and this is a bit about connection of dialogue often we can go right the aim of this is this and the players are like oh yes no any questions no they might be thinking about you know east enders or whatever it might be but if we're going to okay we're going to do this today how's that link in to help us play better football or rugby share with me give me some examples now they're going oh let me think and go okay okay now we've got it great because if we're not getting it why are we starting because there's no value to it so the motivation's not going to be there but then once we get moving is Remember the success. I could get a visual outcome success by telling people where to stand. And as they're doing it, shouting to them of where to move and where the ball goes. Visually, that might look, oh, I've achieved success. But actually, understanding and decision making from the individuals is could be zero. So 
actually, although I might have thought as a coach, I've achieved success. Actually, I have not. Because if we did that two weeks later or the next week, which I call those covert recalls, is, okay, just play the game. I'm not going to remind them. I'm not going to go remember what he did two weeks ago or last week. Play the game. And I'm just scanning for that stuff that they showed me they could do. Can they still do it now without me reminding them? If the answer is yes, successful. If the answer is no, nothing at all, then we've got to be asking, actually, the retention was quite poor. And then we've got to get into why. Was it a need thing? Was it an engagement thing? Was it an understanding thing? Did I seek and speak to only two of my 20 players every single time because they're given the answer? The rest were silent. All, you know, all that stuff. I think also, you know, again, I'm just thinking out loud as you're speaking, just some of the experience I've had and even watching other coaches is that something I'm massive on. It's that clarity of communication, clarity of understanding. How yeah. often are we actually checking understanding? Are we asking questions? We're actually we're, we're probing and checking and challenging the players' understanding or are we looking for affirmation or confirmation of what we've what we've spoken about and talked about, right? And I think there's a, there's a fundamental yeah. difference. And, you know, for some coaches to ask a question, so what did we learn today? Mark shouts out, oh, we, did, we worked on pressing today. Oh, yeah, great one. Brilliant, Mark. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And actually, well, no, that's not what I need to know. Okay, well, tell me more about that, Mark. What, you know, what did you take away from the session regarding pressing, if that's what we worked on? And I think it's, I always find for me, especially now, I, I, I think players sometimes get annoyed with me because I, you keep asking questions, yes. You keep, well, yeah, because I want to find out what you know because I need to know where I can plug myself in around your understanding. And I'm not here to do anything other than support you in developing that understanding. Yeah. So I think there is, again, even in that process is managing expectations, right? Because as human beings, we get asked a question and we can get our backs up a little bit. Yeah, and we, can, we can have learned answers as well, right? You know, yeah. what's coach from here? A hundred percent. And then even even prior to that, you know, you mentioned about the lighthouse uh, piece and making sure that everyone understands the direction we're going in, right? And what we're going after. Um, I think there's a subtle thing in there is though that what we're going after and how we're going to get there, players may think or assume that they've had um, that experience before, right? And it might not have been a positive one, so they can very easily push away and be resistant towards that approach, right? Um, and I think sometimes for us as coaches to recognise that actually they may have had an experience where there was Q&A used or there was this and that used, but actually was it done effectively and has that then changed their perception yeah. on how that effective coaching yeah. could look like in that manner? Yeah, I mean, there is so much, even when I work at the higher level, there's so much negative experience and opinions and beliefs. A great example if you go to coaches is CPD training. The amount of coaches that are turned off by CPD because it's either stand around, listen, which was interesting, have a Zoom with a listener someone, but actually there's no transfer to them. There's no meaningful, you know, in two weeks, I forgot about it. So athletes have the same. So going back to your point about reviewing, often how we review is one thing, but when we review is equally as critical. So if we review at the end of a session, that's the only time we review, then actually it's too late because one is if we're identifying something was an issue that we should have identified earlier we're going home now but also then it's actually it's it's not really giving us much meaningfulness because what are they saying to us unless we're and again back to the engagement unless we're being really smart to say actually as i'm engaging all the way through have i given them a simple framework so they can self-reflect so we can that dialogue can be really short and effective Am I doing enough one-to-ones where I don't have to stop play so they're not stood around listening to me? And am I doing it with enough people or am I just picking my favourites? 
And actually, I'm disengaging the ones that I think I don't have a good rapport with or I struggle to get anything from them. So I won't interact with them. We're just stretching the gap. And they're often the ones that will end up either no longer coming or becoming the cruisers that just tick along, um, but they don't really understand anything. So if they get to an ability, because they have maybe good physical ability for their age, they start moving up, but they're moving up based on just genetical growth and size and speed and being told what to do. When they get to a point they have to make decisions, they really struggle and get lost. And, and then we have a wellness point where actually now they start to have mental health issues where they're going, I'm stressed now, I'm at this position, but I can't cope anymore because I don't know what to do. And everyone's expecting me to know everything. And I'm never going to ask the question because that makes me look an idiot. So I won't. I'll just, so you end up with players going in their shell as opposed to going, actually, I want to engage because I want to understand. Because early on in grassroots, the coach taught me, actually, let me see if I can figure out myself. If I can't, let me ask my teammates. If I can't, I'm going to seek understanding. If coach gives me something to do early on, if I don't understand the value of it, it's up to me to go, coach, I don't quite understand this. Could you mm. share? So the dialogue is from day one, as opposed to what can often happen is, oh, coach is talking, right, let's just wait before I can start playing. And, that, and any questions, no. And as they're walking off, they're going, what is it coach wants us to do? It's like, mm. hello? It's, it's interesting because I always say to coaches, and I use this a lot myself, is call it the show and tell principle. It has to be a, a visual of everything. Any, any type of interaction, intervention, there has to be um, a walkthrough of it. It doesn't have to be full pace, but it has to be them being able to share their understanding of what I'm, what I'm looking for. Because, they, they, you know, you can't get much more clarity than that. If they don't do it in the way that it was intended in terms of through the message that I've communicated, then clearly I've gone wrong in terms of how I've communicated it. And I think, you know, there has to be some accountability on the coach's part in that process, right? Because I've seen so many coaches, right, they've given you a message, Mark, I want you to do X, Y, Z. Mark's gone away and said, yeah, all right, I get it. Yeah, but Mark, in the way that Mark thinks he's got it, might be not <laughs> what it needs to be, right? It's just Mark's assumption and his understanding. So we need to see what Mark has actually got and see whether Mark's on the right track before we let Mark crack on with it. And I think, you know, that piece is really key. And then, you know, you talked talk there a little bit about checking in and reviewing and the when to review. I often say, like, you know, if you wait until the end of the session to clarify understanding and not in... in in, in terms of what the players have taken on board and taken from the session, it's too late. Actually, throughout the session, just observing it, you'll be able to, that, that's your review. And then you'll know whether you actually need, and if you do feel the need to actually clarify at the end, well, I don't know, you, the proof's in the pudding, right? You'll, you'll see, you'll either see it or you won't. Um, and at the end of it, it's probably just maybe if you're going to review it, which, you know, I personally don't do because I feel like, you know, the review has to be an ongoing piece throughout the session. So I don't really have to allot a specific time to it at the end. But if I am to then have a conversation with the players at the end, the question I always go to is, well, what was your most useful takeaway from today? Um, and obviously just elicit that, you know, and just imply that there were some good things that came out today. What what did you hold on to, though? Just so I can yeah. find that piece out. Yeah. And there's lots of light and shade in there. So if we go back to the first point you're making is uh, a common obstacle with many coaches is they design a practice without establishing baseline with the, the team they've got. So I always say after a warm up, go into and play a game if it's this type of sports we're talking about. And we're scanning. So we might then see about actually with the players I've got here, they're, they're more along than I thought or 
they're nowhere near where I thought. Now, obviously, we got the covert recall from previous session. We can check. And if, if that's lost, why are we moving on? We're not ready to move on. Let's deal with that. And then the other element is, is getting coaches to understand. Generally, when we talk about understanding, yes, we talk about it. But in simplistic terms, there's choice and execution in the physical. So are we then connecting with both of those and the facilitators of them at any level in as simple as you want to go or are we going actually I'm seeing the execution because I've guided them into where to stand or where to move or where to pass but actually I haven't checked their understanding of what ifs what options are there because actually the opposition I've put in place it may be none it may be cones it may be oh you stand here when they do that you do this so I get to a point where I don't really know if they understand what options to adjust and what choices to make based on what they see. They're only good at standing where I tell them to stand in this drill. So it, this is where we talk about actually understanding is. And that's where if we're seeing it and we can start doing that common language, just a hot one to one, pull someone out, push someone in. OK, talk to me what happened over there. What did you see? What options do you identify or what influenced your choice? They're meaningful short questions that will allow an athlete very quickly at any age, once you share and you start using it all the time, to go, okay, well, I did this because of that. This is what I saw and this is why I did that. Now, for a coach, that's brilliant because now a player is sharing a perspective. Obviously, they're stood in, the wrong, in a different place and coach, so they're going to see different. But from that, we can work out, actually, is it an understanding issue? Is it a scanning issue? I they didn't see it. Is it they don't know when they hear certain words from another player, they don't know what that means. So they don't really know their role off ball as an example. So at least then we can identify the source of the simple issue and then we can put a little intervention in. Same with people on the sideline. Are we engaging them? Are we going up to them and go, okay, I want you to scan for that person that's in your position or these two people. Only look at them. What are you looking for? So they should be aligning them. Well, I'm looking for basically what we said success was in the session or behaviors. Okay, great. And then you're you're moving up. What are you seeing? What are you seeing now? So we're engaging the people on the sideline. And then the second point that makes it so much easier is have a little board, whether it's a whiteboard or whatever it is. And on that, you've wrote what the success is for this phase of the session. They've joint agreed what the unacceptable, acceptable, exceptional is. You've already agreed your everyday behaviors aligned to your lighthouse or any level. So anytime you're coming for a quick break, which should be really short between they're coming in, they sprint around near the board and then you go, OK, how are we doing? So instead of them talking about everything, they can look at the board and go, what was success? OK, how are we doing against that? And now we're starting to get those simple dialogues. And even with adding no other tools, there's so many. It's helping the coach stay honest because the coach can get caught up. But it's keeping the players connected with what success is and keeping them engaged. So those little things in themselves based on choice execution and understanding meaningfully what is that player seeing, what influenced their choices as opposed to, oh, coach told me I must stand here, which is very different, right, in understanding. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, something, again, you just sparked a thought in my mind. And if we don't do things in that manner, then I guess we might as well just be drilling them and putting them through patterns, right? Yeah. they're not going to respond to anything particular. Yeah, 100%. And I, it just takes me back to a quote. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Bruce Lee that, you know, we talks about in his training that, you know, when he talks about his, his, his techniques, his, his technique is a response to a technique. 
So, yeah. yes, you can have your patterns, but fundamentally, if the players can't make decisions and recognise when certain decisions should be made, yeah. because, you know, as an example, if your team come and presses my team, well, the space is in behind, so I'm looking to put it in behind. But if I don't recognise yeah. that on the pitch, that's the reason yeah. I'm going in behind, yeah. then yeah. I'm always going to just keep doing it because yeah. the coach has said, yeah, let's yeah. try and go in behind. But actually, there's no space for that. So how do we get to a point where there is space for that? And just looking at all those variables. And sometimes, you know, working with coaches maybe earlier on in their journey, say, well, where do I learn this information? Where do I learn the technical information behind it, tactical information behind it? And saying, well, it doesn't start with the technical tactical. It starts with your considerations. If you've got the considerations, then to some extent, you can explore the te technical tactical, but unless until you have the considerations, the technical tactical is just a piece of the jigsaw that you don't have the full the full um, works on. And I think that's it's really important for like coaches to kind of take that on and, and look at that and say, well, what are the considerations I'm making? So as an example, it could be what right, distance of opposition, even distance of teammates. It could be actually, do you know what? Yeah, we want to go in behind, but you know, Mark's not technically competent to do that. So yeah. what does that mean for us? But actually, when you know. Johnny over here gets it. He can do that. So yeah. actually, there's a completely different pattern, if you like, for Mark and the team when Mark's on the yeah. ball in comparison to when Johnny yeah. or someone else is on the ball. And I think these are the subtle differences, right? So I guess, you know, coming back into that leisure versus performance piece now, I think it applies to the coaches to some extent in that. Would you agree that you say maybe the performance individuals have more consideration? I'd say 100%. And also it links back to expectation from coach. So if if the coach is so tight on what they want the players to do in certain situations, that will come out in their behavior and their reaction if a player does a different choice than the coach thinks they should do. Because they'll be looking over, they'll see coach go, oh, whatever it is. So they'll then, they'll start being fearful. Let's use that word. They won't have the freedom or space to go, I can explore, I can commit to that choice. Because... So long as I'm committing, coach is going to be happy because then coach is really interested in what influenced my choice. And then we go back to your point of the people with higher capability will have more options, but also they're going to have more because they have more options. They have more responsibility to have make better decisions based on the capability, the lesser capability, the players around them. Yeah. So that, like you say, is go, well, I've got a let's use them a low capability leisure player. I want them engaged because if they're engaged, we're going to enjoy ourselves more. They're still going to improve. Anyone can improve. So let me make sure I do pass them the ball. But when I pass them the ball, let's make it a level of speed where they can capable of receiving the ball and not go, oh, I'm not going to ever pass to them because they never get it right. Well, hang on a minute. If they get it five out of ten right and two weeks ago they got three out of ten, you've just progressed that player. But if they never have an opportunity to receive a ball, they're never going to improve. And, and I, I think that's a great point because, you know, fundamentally, listen, again, it's one of the things I'm really big on, especially when I work in places, is, is how well do you know your environment, right? So if yeah. I, as an example, recognise, all right, well, Mark's left-footed, well, what happens if out of 10 times, you know, eight and nine out of 10, I'm always passing into his right foot? Yeah. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be able to control it and do certain things yeah. on his right side, but am I really helping him? Yeah. Am I really setting him up for success yeah. or am I just giving him the ball? And, you know, this this happens at a lot at grassroots and even at a senior level sometimes um, where it's like, well, I, yeah, but I just gave Mark the ball. Yeah, you did give Mark the ball, but that wasn't where he needed it. Yeah. Right. Um, in order to progress. And I think these, again, yeah. coming back to the piece I was talking about considerations, like, is that even a thought in your mind that actually, do you know what? 
giving Mark the ball and giving the Mark the ball on the right or the left side is actually two very different things. And how yeah. does that then change with the people around him, right? Yeah. And I guess if if this, you know, if there's any coaches listening to this that I guess are not sure about those considerations, but actually want to work towards becoming a performance individual in that respect or performance coach, it's what are you going to do once you do find out certain variables exist? What are you yeah. going to do once you do have those considerations? Are you actually going to start looking up and then implementing them and holding yourself accountable and your players and your athletes accountable to looking at them as well? Because I think that's that's where the big piece is, right? It's it's People don't mess things up on purpose. So I, hope, I hope they don't. But yeah, um, exactly. fundamentally, yeah. if they don't have the consideration, and you know, if we go back to what you're saying, really, you know, we want to make the players better and more aware of the situations they're in to the point where Yes, outcome is important, but I think for me, what is more, or probably just as if not more important, is actually if you didn't get the outcome you were looking for, or even if you did get the outcome you're looking for, where you, are you able to reflect by yourself and actually diagnose and provide yourself a remedy for how to put it right if it's not correct, or at least be aware of what had an influence on that to make it go the way it did, and just as just as importantly, if you did get the success what allowed that success to occur, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it, it, it does always link back to that software craft as, of a coach, but also the software craft of your higher ability players, as well as your low ability players. But the high ability players even more, those performance, higher capability, because the challenges a coach will put on a player will be, I don't want to get it wrong because my coach has a go at me if I get it wrong. So therefore, I... All of a sudden, I'm restrictive on my freedom of making a choice. And that happens even at elite level. So low capability players will be feeling that against their peers as well. So if any time they think, well, any time I try and pass a ball or run with it because I'm not as good as them, they have a go at me or they give me an odd word or they spin their head, whatever it is, or I hear a murmur. I'm not going to want to do it. I'm not going to want it. So I'm just going to do nothing because if I do nothing, no one can have a go at me someone's still going to have a go, but it's not, not my fault. So then I can blame. So we've got to get people to understand if we're in a mixed performance leisure, which I, I doubt anyone listening is not, everyone is at some point, the range is higher, is we've got to really get everyone to understand that everyone is different. They might be here for different reasons, but how can we help each other based on engagement and enjoyment? What can I do to help involve that player, to help them get better? What can I do on the judgments I make? How do I react to them when they commit to something am i focused on their commitment or the outcome because if i'm focused on the outcome my body language could negatively impact them committing next time so i'm going to negatively a behavior so this is that point about what is success for us in grassroots and if it's enjoyment and engagement which it should be or variables of that what are we doing early on to fundamentally build the environment and the culture to get everyone engaged to get everyone committing to things they can't yet do and still stretching the performance ones because now, as we've just discussed, we are giving them more responsibility. They are having to make, they can still stretch. We can still man up against a more challenging player. We can do these combinations when we're smart coaching, but we don't ignore the lesser capability, the leisure players that actually have had negative experiences that I never engaged. I can stand behind a circle, I can speak zero, and I get away with it. Well, I, th I think I think something really important in that is that the coach almost setting the bar and the expectation that actually you can do that mm. 
but that's only going to take you so far, right? And then it kind of it reminds me of a conversation that a coach came to me with last week around um, praising effort and not outcome. And, I'm, and I said, I'm not sure if that's a good idea. I'm not sure if it's a good idea because re- the reality is you don't know what effort was actually put in. So how do we how do you praise the effort? Um, and then I think you know then it got me thinking is that there's, there's probably a fundamental difference between praising an effort, praising an intention. Because the intention might have been right. You might have seen something great and you decided to make that you made that decision, but actually the effort the effort the effort put into the execution and the implementation of it just wasn't there. And I think it's okay to hold players accountable for that. And I think this is where sometimes you know. The world of coach education and the the world of grassroots coaching in particular where they talk about oh it's about engagement and fun can easily cloud yes it can be fun but we can still hold them accountable to a standard that allows them to develop within the environment regardless of what the environment's outcomes are intended to be if that makes sense yeah because engagement you need a level of stretch in engagement and you need a level of challenge for enjoyment so that is going to be different for all your players potentially in your group, on your court, on your pitch, wherever it may be. There's going to be general phases like these and these. It may not be individualised that much, but you've got to then understand and they need to understand what that actually looks like in every session because I want you all to be challenged, but I want you all to stretch. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want your brains fired up. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to be engaged in this. So I'm going to set your challenges. I'm going to set your tasks. I'm going to get you all involved because you all have an opinion. And interestingly, a school um, years ago, uh, it was one of those quite wealthy preparatory schools. And there was a high academic uh, child that literally you put him on the rugby pitch and he'd start crying and rolling the ball if the ball came near him. It was that extreme. But the players around him were, weren't academically anywhere near as good as him. He blew them apart in the classroom in every single subject. But they were physically bigger. They'd obviously had years with their parents, whatever, playing rugby. This kid had nothing, you know, musical instruments, etc. And they were playing against him as if he was like them. So no wonder it was just a negative spiral. So we just broke it down. And actually, when they thought he knows nothing, because he was so sharp, I pulled him to the side and I go, OK, what's happening here? And literally, his game IQ was phenomenal. He was spotting what was going wrong, what the solution was. So important. It's not just about what's going wrong. What's the solution? So I said, look, I love that. Can you share that with the group? He says, what, what, what? I says, yeah, this is really important. I totally agree. That's what I'm seeing. So we get him into the group. The players come around, not thinking this kid knows anything. And I go, can you just share what you saw? This kid shared it eloquently. And the shock on the players' faces were unbelievable. And all of a sudden then, there was a more of a connection thing. They were starting to go, actually, he's got something now I don't have. That player's game IQ is better than my game IQ. He's seeing things I'm not seeing. But then it was just, okay, how can we involve him in the game? How can we involve? And he started to do a bit more of the player coach than the player. But actually, was he engaged? Yes. Was he enjoying it? Yes. Was he adding value? Yes. So it's 
it's I mean that was an extreme but it's just that what can you do as a coach to actually connect with everyone and get them to understand people are different how can you help stretch that player how can you yeah. challenge that player how can you not go too far with this player how can you react to this player but I think it's a great point I think you know the first thing kind of just really jumped out at me was like, well, we've got something different to add right so we're, yeah. where we can add value and I think that you, you've provided a platform where they can do that therefore they can now appreciate one another's value and not expect or actually you know mark needs to be able to, to, to knock this guy down the way i can well actually no mark yeah. is just the eyes and the ears right yeah. mark is the one who's on the pitch you might actually because he can see all this he might actually be the leader on the pitch yeah. so he's not the one who gets in the thick of the action but he gives us the external perspective that we don't get and I think it's, it's really important there. So I guess, you know, coming come back to your piece around checking and reviewing then, how do you, you know, how would you go into an environment and, and prep the players for a process like that? You know, you, that is going to be an ongoing review process. And, you know, because for me, it's, I typically, I'll let them know from, from the get-go, you know, just so you guys got a bit of an insight on how I am as a coach. I will ask you questions. Here's my intention. You know, I want you to think about what you're doing. I want you to really take on board as much as the information as possible. Um, it's not to catch you out. And I have to consistently, especially in the initial stages, just reinforce it's not for me to catch you out. It's really just for me to understand where you're at with your with your game understanding and your and your considerations. Yeah, my my big thing early on with every coach is get them to share early on with again, agree the lighthouse but also get them to really buy into these type games we're talking about at the moment is how good it would be if you're really comfortable about making the right decision based on what you see and committing to it as a collective. Communicate, understand the language. How great would that be? Never heard anyone say, I wouldn't want that. You go, okay, so for me to allow you and support you in, in getting there, then I need to understand what you're seeing and get to look often it's about the choices you make you can only make those choices based on what you see and understanding the game and your commitment to the choice you make as a collective that's what it's about so if i can understand why you make choices actually i can better support you without continuing to stop the play so this is how i'm going to do that so then i share with them that simple action review process and it can be super simple for young kids and then a bit more there's a bit more human factor game iq with the more senior advanced not in age but in capability and it's simple as i may as a play's gonna i may just shout your name and i just want you to go i nailed it or next time i'm going to do something and it will just be based on what you just did so you'll know what it is so i'm not even stopping play then so they understand and they'll soon get used to that and i say look i'm gonna do it when i don't know why you made a decision but it still could be fantastic i'm not sure if you knew how great that was so i'm going to check because i want you to repeat it or I think you're missing something and I want to find out where the missing link is. Did you see it or did you choice? So I'm going to deliberately be shouting your name when you do great things. Uh, so you won't know when I'm shouting your name, whether it was right and wrong. And then I overtly, the, as soon as they start go live, I overtly start looking for the great things and start shouting the name. So immediately I defrag this coach asked me a question. I must have done something wrong. Now, and then I just share, the next thing is, okay, I might just keep rotating you out. And all I'm going to do is just pull you off. I'm just going to ask you, what did you see based on the little area? I'll point to what happened. What did you identify? What influenced your choice? And, mm. and then it's, I just keep doing that in and out. And I do it constantly, regularly for the first few sessions. So they go, oh, okay, get this. And I also say, if we stop in play, we will always go for a, and we, cultivate this we, i wouldn't say all this all at once of course we'll build it in is 
our timeouts when we come in during a session we want to keep them below two minutes that's the challenge guys so i need to talk less but i want you to go first so i'll give you 30 seconds where you come in together and you connect with now initially we'll get them to run in by the board so they can remind them what success is to keep them honest and then after that i may go okay so what have you got and i may ask some questions or go i love it and then we're going to finish with you telling me what you're going to commit to that's as simple as that and then when you go out i say the challenge is whatever you agree you're going to commit to you have to go for it now if you see you're going to adjust something fine that's cool next time we come in from the timeout the first question we ask is did we commit to what we said because if the answer is no, we're not allowed to talk about anything else. And we just cultivate these basic principles. So what happens is, is they realize their opinion matters. I, and now they're realizing from the coach, there's a nice simple structure and framework where the coach, I know what coach is going to ask because it's the same questions, but they're meaningful. And now I understand actually everything's really quick. We're not stood around for a long period of time. So it's about the game. And all of a sudden you'll see within a couple of weeks, they desensitize to it and they understand now, oh, okay, coach is interested in my opinion, not I was right or wrong. Yeah. I think, I think there's, there's some beauty in there, but I just want to kind of really touch on something that I don't know if everyone would have picked up on. It's the timing of that. It's so important, right? Because mm. I see so often coaches try and get players to recall something that happened 30, 60, 90 seconds ago. It's gone. You've yeah, got to hit it. It's gone. As soon yeah. as, you know, as soon as, you strike it while the iron's hot because otherwise the moment's gone. They've got yeah. so much going on in their minds that one, if they did recognize it, they've probably forgotten it. And that's if they even did recognize it. Because how many times have you know, I, I know so many times where I've been in a situation where I might have left it a little tad too long, or even if I've done it straight away, right? Tell me a little bit about that. And they've got no idea what I'm talking about. Absolutely yeah. no idea. And so then I have to kind of replay it to them. And I think this is where, again, another key learning has come from me in terms of just through coach development the importance and the ability of coaches to recall the moment as it happened to the best of their ability in the, from the perspective of if if when I if the moment I'm recalling was Mark was three yards from me well guess what when I recall it Mark still needs to be three yards from me because that's what made the picture the picture right as soon as I make Mark four yards or five yards and if Mark's gone from facing me to facing somewhere else that changes everything the whole perception of the image changes right so it's, it's coaches importantly understanding the perspective of different coaching positions in the practice or in the session but also recognizing that actually if you're going to call in a moment like that and you it's better to be sometimes further away from the practice than inside it so you can get the full snapshot right yeah and it, as the players become more skilled they'll start to pick up on the meaningful elements whether it was an unacceptable or unexceptional and then what you start seeing is where we do this live, where and we, I've got little video clips on YouTube where we see this, is they, if they've done something unacceptable, they put a hand up and say what's next to the players around them. So I'm now watching that as coach. I didn't even have to step in. I'm seeing a hand going up. And they're not based on just on outcome. They count, you know, it's about choice execution, but you'll hear the solution next time. So they're letting the teammates know, I've got it. I understand what I did. And next time I, so it gives them confidence. Now, if I'm hearing that, I don't have to step in. But what I'm looking for is next time that situation comes up, have they adjusted based on what they said or they're repeating the same thing? Which goes to another key element while I remember is when they, when you pull them in sometimes when clearly something's been unacceptable or they're not following what was agreed. And it's a basic fundamental and you pull them in and they tell you exactly what they did wrong 
and how to put it right. Now, a lot of coaches will go, good, you understand it, brilliant. And then you push them back out in. But actually, that's totally wrong. So if they're giving you the answer, the question should be, love what you said there. When did you recognize that? And they go, oh, straight away, coach. Okay, what prevented you from taking that action to do something about it? Because you're telling me, so you definitely know, if you're saying you recognize it then, where's the barrier? What's preventing you from executing the change? Because I want you to tell me, not show me. I want you to show me, not tell me. And at the moment, you're telling me. So where's the barrier? What's preventing you? And then, then they can't just go, oh, yeah, I'll do it next time, coaches. I'm interested, and it's not a telling off. That's the relationship yeah. rapport. I'm interested, yeah. I'm intrigued, is what prevented you? Yeah. And it, if it might be, well, it may have gone wrong. You go, I'm not interested in it going wrong at this stage. The fact you're committing to the tactical change is brilliant. That's why I want to see. So yeah. it may be you go, let's put success on that for the next 10 minutes where yeah. you commit to the change. Would, would we be up for that team? Great, show me. Yeah, and it's a really interesting point that you made there, Mark, about the success piece because it's something you talked about throughout this conversation. Again, it's an ongoing conversation I have coaches around. Well, what does success actually look like? Not in terms of the outcome, yeah. in, terms of, in terms of consistency. And I think this is really important, right? Because I see too often maybe coaches working with a player and they say, oh, yeah, that was brilliant. That was great. Yeah, but it only happened once out of 100 times. Yeah. That's, that's not brilliant. That's not great. <laughs> that individual instance might have been but actually it's not good enough or great enough because it's not consistent enough and you know so it's just interested to get your thoughts and your perspective on that you know what 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 do we gauge as good good you know good as success because you know the cliche argument would be well they've gone from doing it three out of ten times to four out of ten times yeah but over what period of time <laughs> yeah so my, my my whole focus is is and i think this is a probably the, the biggest work on for most coaches, apart from being present and not allowing their emotions to get caught up, is scanning to collect the data to identify a source of an issue based on trend, not based on one-offs, not based on, oh, look, we've just conceded a goal. Then I'm all my attention is going to be on that one moment. Well, actually, that wasn't the issue. You know, there were so many times that the opposition may have scored, but they didn't. So it's identifying where's the source. So the source may be a software source that's impacting the hardware. So it may be actually a player is saying the right thing to a teammate to get them to shift. The teammate is hearing it, but not acting on it. So therefore they're not shifting the line in defense, or whatever it may be. And that's where the error is. So if I've spotted that, then the success would be communicating and acting on the information from your teammate to maintain the shape or the move, whether you're going in, you know, whatever it is within the position, you identify the source. And then you put success around that. So now we're looking for, so that's as simple as the outcome may still be the same. But if we're now recognizing the player has spotted where the shape needs to change or the movement or the line, the player has said it, they're using the language that's understood and the player is reacting to it consistently, then that for me would be success. Irrelevant if the outcomes change because we're going, if we don't get this right, we can't progress because that's the source of the issue right now. Now, once we nail that, we may then spot the next source of the issue to grow, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. You're just looking at almost like these are the prerequisites before we can get to this yeah. part. And I, and I think it's a great way to look at it. And then um, essentially, as you're thinking, I was thinking, well, how, would I, how, would I, how would I approach this as it's going through? And I'm thinking to myself, if that was my players and I'm working with a group of players and they're, they're demonstrating some of that, I'm now asking them, right, what are the, what are the considerations we're making? Where you know why why did you make that decision? And why okay right brilliant. And I'm always kind of 
looking for the extra stretch and challenge. Okay, well, what else might we need to consider after we get this bit right? Yeah. What, are the, what, so let, you know, what, what could cause this to go yeah. wrong even? Yeah, so let's look at that as, and it's always the common language. So the common language, I mean, I use what influenced your choice because I find that really useful for players to go, oh, okay, that's an E, I understand what that is straight away. So it may be that actually linked into your example there, it may be that actually they're committing to a choice, but they're playing what I call checkers or drafts. We'll go UK and America and they're not playing chess. So what I mean by that is they're seeing a player's open, but they're not looking two plays ahead. They're only looking immediately. So they're passing the ball because of play, but they haven't spotted that player is surrounded by three opposition. So yeah, I might get the ball to them, but as soon as that ball's closing on them, they're going to be surrounded and they probably they won't have any options to get that ball out or move. So actually, am I thinking beyond? Am I thinking smart as a game? Is go, actually, that isn't the best option. Although I can do that option, the option is to play it backward, potentially, to provide space to move it forward again. So it may be that you've recognized that actually there's some players that aren't scanning ahead. They're just scanning of what's available, and I that's where I'm going. And that could be where the barrier is, where the source of the issue is. So we go, okay, well, let's look more than one ahead. So if you, now we go, if, there's your back to your considerations. If you pass to that person, what options has that person got? What other, what would have been better options that provides a player with at least one effective option, if not two? Yeah, and I just it got me thinking as well. One of the things I often say to players is, in every moment when you're not on the ball itself, just be asking yourself consistently the question, what would I do if I was on it? What would I do if I was on it? Because if you ask to ask yourself, um, you're probably in a situation where you're actually observing a lot more. You're actually looking out for what might, what might, the, th what might, what the threat might be. Um, and, you know, coming back to your analogy about the chess versus checkers or drafts, it's, I find it's more specific with younger athletes in particular, where actually if we use, I don't know, the defence as an example, you know, you've got players on the opposite side of the ball that are still man-marking. It's like, hold on a second, just come in, join the rest of the team, because reality is by the time it goes from this end of the pitch to that end of the pitch, from left to yeah. right, yeah. as long as you're in a position where you've got enough time to get across there when it yeah. does get there, you should be okay. And I think that it's just that perception of their ability to move manoeuvre around the pitch, that perception of actually what might happen. And fundamentally, what you get at is... Um, without going down the route of coaching them patterns, they start to anticipate and read the game and look at probabilities. Yeah, so if you if you put the common issues with grassroots in that sport, helping them play better and be more successful, potentially the most common is they all get squeezed to one side of the pitch and literally that they're, they're not looking over the mess. So... If we're seeing actually everyone's doing that, there's huge space on the right, huge space, but everyone's all fighting this little space. And actually looking over the mess, you're spotting all these open spaces that you can't even see because you're all here. Well, all of a sudden there's an easy option for me. So if you're recognizing that is the source of an issue that they're all getting caught up, then actually you could put successes and you could call it looking over the mess. What, what, when I say that, what does that mean to you? And then you can just do some freeze moments. We do like a, Sometimes we just use a long whistle. So if they don't quite get it, you can share video, but sometimes they go, oh, yeah, but it's not real. Or, you know, that's them or that was them. But if you're just going, OK, when I blow a long whistle, you just freeze. So then you're going, OK, I'm playing. I'm seeing it again. But long whistle freeze. And you go, OK, don't move. Look around. Now I'm going to give you 10 seconds to share what options you've got now. Look around. And all of a sudden they go, 
oh over there over there okay right let's let's go and you continue to play you don't have you know, it's like a five second stop but all of a sudden now oh now i see the space more so it you know sometimes it can be as simple as that where we go we're so caught up in doing the tech tack actually what's the source of sources they're just getting caught up and blinkered and they're just not looking over the mess you know, as something as simple as that yeah and it just got me thinking as well another, another strategy i often use with players is um as they're going through it i challenge them i say well look if you're if you notice anything in the moment that you think could have been different or more in, more impactful i want you to stop it and i want us to go again so just you know redo the take if you like um and it's incredible to see how you know how all of, all of a sudden they become so in tune as to what's happening um initially there's a, there's a bit of hesitation where i have to kind of just prompt them are you hmm, how was that one are you sure about that and they're like actually no all right cool so let's start again and it's, it's that accountability piece within our there i guess you know coming back full circle now i'm trying to take them from leisure to performance right without i guess explicitly saying that to them or even highlighting it as that but fundamentally it's and you recognize that actually you can't take a shortcut here and the shortcut will will work sometimes but fundamentally if, you, if you're using the shortcuts you never have a strong you know you'll never have a strong foundation to work from and, and that that's back to when we're looking at ledger performances someone with a low capability i mean they may think they're leisure just because they don't think they're very good compared with their teammates or they've never been in interaction no one listens to them they never speak etc so there's so many little tools you can do if you can get them just on the sideline for a bit okay and they spot the space and you go okay so how much skill do you need just to pass into that space or just to run into that space go that's hey, i could do that okay great okay so here, I'm not going to share it with anyone else, but I'm sharing with you. Every time you see that, what are you going to do? And I go, I'm going to go into here. Fantastic. So all of a sudden I go, I can do that. That that I can do it. So therefore you're, you're, you're spending out a little bit of time with those players you don't normally speak to. And they're realizing I could do that. And they're not even on the sideline again. You're going, what is, oh, look, everyone's over here. And okay, great. I'm going to call everyone in for 30 seconds. Can you share that with the group? Because that's really fantastic. And all of a sudden I go, oh my God, really? And they got the coach back in, but now again, they've seen something that's really important and now they're sharing it with the team. Now that, my God, this player's never spoken and he's sharing this and we're increasing engagement again. They're capable of doing that. So back to capability. So it's not just the players recognizing the capability of their teammates and stretching them and adjusting and not doing too much and their reaction to people and expectation. It's our understanding of their capability and how can we get them involved of something they are capable of doing? Or we're saying we're in learning now. We can't yet do it. So the success is commit to things we can't yet do because we're in learning and that's how we're going to get better. So it's not about the outcome now. It's committing to choices that you can't yet do. But if we do it now, the more we do it, the better we get. Then we can move in performance. We've, we've got more things we're more confident of doing. Mm. And it just got me thinking as well. Another thing that I've started doing as well is when I've started to recognize that some players are getting some success, I always throw the question at them or just a scenario at them, you know, just out of curiosity, you know, if you were to now, now that you're able to do this, if you were to able, you know, you were to maybe go and support one of your teammates and been able to develop the ability to do this as well, how would you explain it to them? How would you share that understanding? You know, what would you do? Because I think that just adds another layer to them just unpacking that actually. Yes, I've understood it, but how would I get someone else to understand? It? I think it, it just gives me an opportunity to give 
or gives me an opportunity to give them an opportunity to start becoming better leaders on the pitch as well. Yeah. And all of those things, if, if we're from the very beginning, we're getting them aware of different people at this moment in time will have different level of commitment, different level of capability and, and use language that they understand, of course, always. But understand in a year's time, that's going to be different again. But with what we're doing now, back to excellence, doing and being the best you can with what you have, what would that look to you itself? But what would that look helping others be the best they can be based on their present capability? And, and if you drive that from the very beginning and understand we're all different, some of you might want to be premiership football players. Some of you might just want to get away from your sister for half an hour. Great. But how can we still all engage and enjoy ourselves here? How can we understand and understand you're different than me, my goal? But how can I help you still enjoy this session? Some of you may go away and do running and fitness and everything every time between sessions. Some of you might just play on your PlayStation. But when we're together, how can we help each other be the best we can be? So having that as your real core and keep connecting back to that in every moment when you see a player tatting because the locate really didn't get on that pass. And you go, well, how many times has that player got on that pass when you do a hot review of the player? Never. So, OK, so talk to me about the choice of the pass or the execution of the pass. Speed. Yeah, probably wasn't. OK, great. Now you recognize that. What would have been a better choice or execution? Great. So next time. Great. So we're connecting back to actually was that their fault but we're doing it in a positive way about actually capability and making choices around success and i, I think fundamentally what you're saying is it's accountability right it's accountability getting them to understand what role they played in that process and whether they did enough and i think this is the other thing you know sometimes i say to play a phrase that you know i often go with is you know all right you know in the initial stages you might get away with it but once we've established that you were under, your understanding is there, if you don't do it, then any any lack of success is down to you. Yeah, and that that's the difference between independent responsibility and team responsibility. And that's where the empathy must come in. That's where you've got to go, this player may not be as enthusiastic or committed as you or as good as you or as skilled as you now. We don't know what they're going to be like in year, two years, five years, ten years, but right now. So what choices can you make to help that player be successful in receiving a pass or getting them involved and now we're on the responsibility as the team dynamics not just the oh i'm here for me because then if we connect to the players that want to be premiership and we know how few actually make it is say right let's not knock that because it's a yeah. commitment but every time you move up in age groups every time you move up in level of capability however far you're going to go there will be players that you need to learn to how can i get the best out of them they're having a bad day. How can I get the best out of them? And the greatest teams are good at that. So right now, at seven years old or 10 or 11, there's an opportunity for you to learn that skill that is going to give you the edge when selection comes for academies, because the premierships, the division ones, whatever it is. So now they connect to the value of, also, oh, it's not just about how well I play. It's about how I can get the best out of my teammates and understand that's an organic process. Mm. But there's more to it, right? Because it's not just it's supporting the player or supporting the athlete as an or the individual as an athlete. Because this is stuff that will bleed onto their everyday lives, right? In terms of transitioning yeah. from that performance or from that leisure to performance mindset. Um, and as you quite rightly said at the top of the conversation, they can they can fall into either either or in terms of the environment they're in. You can yeah. still be performance within the leisure environment and vice yeah. versa, leisure in the performance environment. Yeah. So you know, yeah. I, I guess you know, as we look to kind of bring things to a close, what would you say would maybe some of the key takeaways you want? really coaches to start to think about in this space understand what your lighthouse is and understand everyone has the same one 
connect to that understand where you are are you compromising the environment based on your wants as opposed to the players needs so if it's actually i should be engaging everyone it should be about enjoyment i want them to come back ask yourself how many times are you speaking to every over two weeks how many times are you speaking to every player interacting with every player and if you're finding actually i'm only interacting with 20 percent, then actually ask yourself how good are you at your job right now what do you need to change if it's the engagement connection. So the lighthouse has got to be important, but then make sure, are you setting fair expectations based on sessions? Are you involving everyone? How's your light of shade of engaging everyone? And have you explicitly shared the uniqueness of everybody and how you can help each other be successful? And not just think expect invisible expectations, I call it, where you go, oh, they should know this, or they should do this. If they're not, identify why and, and what can you do to positively influence it a hundred percent and i think one of the biggest things that i've i've learned is yes in theory they should know this but actually we don't have enough context of it sometimes around who's who where they've been where they've, where they've yeah, who's yeah. been coaching them if they've even been coached right yeah. and, you know, it's, it's a whole topic for another another day but the difference between someone who teaches the sport to them and someone who coaches the sport for them and I think that's yeah. you know, it's really important to kind of identify that and understanding that every player is just coming from a different different perspective. Their their experiences are individual. They're not based on your understanding, your expectation of what should be available or should be achievable at a certain age and stage. Um, so it's just having a bit more empathy and compassion. But I think really what we're saying, really what I'm saying is, how well do you know your player? How well do you know the athlete? How well do you know their journey and what their perceptions are and how they might see the game in their, from their perspective? Yeah, and, and really ask yourself how much investment, explicit investment, have you done in the software or are you getting caught up in just the hardware? You know, take the guessing away. You know, the very the facilitators of pretty much every time I've worked with, even to the elite level, the barrier has been software, not hardware. Anyone can learn tech-tack, but if you're not engaged, if you can't manage your state, if you can't scan well, if you can't commit to choice without fear, if you can't review live, if you can't have effective dialogue with your teammates, you're going to be ineffective. You, there's your barriers right there. So how much energy are you putting in to cultivate in that part within everyone not in your team, not in your 10 favourites, in everyone in your team? Awesome. Well, I just want to say a massive thank you. Really appreciate your time today. It's been you're giving me a lot of food for thought. My mind's racing at the moment in terms of how, how I might just start to implement some of this stuff and reaffirm some of the stuff in what I'm doing. Um, but just on a final, I don't know if there's anything that you want to share in terms of where people can get access to your, your work, your content, um, or if there's anything else that you want to share with them.
there you have it guys another episode of the coaches network podcast where our aim is to bring the world of athlete talent and personal development together to just one platform and you can help us with that mission right now by sharing this episode or any of your favorite episodes with everyone that you can think of you can tag us in those mentions as well on instagram at the coaches network or on twitter at the coaches net we look forward to hearing from you let us know what you thought about today's episode and until next time guys take care save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get three pound rolls of juicy 80 lean ground beef for 349 a pound with a digital coupon then get select varieties of flavorful powerade body armor super drink or arizona tea for 77 cents each all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone prices and product availability subject to change restrictions apply see site for details